0: net the athletic website and of course you can follow him on twitter all season long at lion up baseball matt i always appreciate the time you give us we'll be touching base throughout the season to see how your team is doing 1 p.m tomorrow 2 p.m saturday 1 p.m on sunday against siue thank you bud appreciate the time
1: just appreciate it buddy lineup
0: yep sure quick break we come back blake dean coach of the uno private tears also mike silva coming up at one fifteen of the colonels travis jewett at 205 it's our college baseball preview day here in your home for Pelicans Basketball, ESPN New Orleans.
1: I am the guy in the sky Looking at you I can read your mind I am the maker of rules, Dealing with fools. I can your life.
2: Without the ones like you Who work tirelessly to keep things running Everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools and power plants They all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you 24-7 with supplies and solutions for every industry and access to product specialists ready to help. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger
3: for the ones who get it done. My dad served in Vietnam, the 82nd Airborne Division. He never talked about it. And my mom knew not to ask. So dad buried himself in work and self-medicated and would lose his temper sometimes. Loud noises would put him on edge. It got rough. So I finally said to him, Dad, you gotta get help.
4: As a family member or friend, you may be the first to notice when a veteran you love has been going through changes. Things like withdrawing, drinking more, or increased anger could be a sign of a larger health concern, but help is available.
3: Dad finally went to VA for one-on-one and group therapy and got some really great tools to help him manage things. And I got my dad
4: back. Hundreds of inspiring stories at maketheconnection.net and learn how you can support the veterans in your life. Treatment works. Recovery is possible. Serving part-time in the Army National Guard has led to a lot of firsts for me. It paid for me to be the first person in my family to go to school. Dad education got me to the first day at my dream job, which I can still hold while I serve part-time. That job and the home loan benefits I got from the Army National Guard helped me buy my first house. I also know that I will be one of the first to respond if my community ever needs me.
2: Sponsored by the Louisiana Army National Guard. Aired by the Louisiana Association of Broadcasters and this station. You're listening to ESPN
5: 100.3 FM, KLRZ, La Rose, New Orleans, and the River
2: Region. It's the Sports Hangover with Gus Cattingill. Hello,
6: sports fans.
2: Well, hello there. Local sports, national sports. The GCAT has got you covered.
7: Oh, you made a wise choice, my friend.
2: Time to tee it up and let it fly. It's the Sports Hangover with Gus Cattingill.
0: It out. was one of my favorite days of the year when we preview college baseball. It is here. The games get going tomorrow. Jay Johnson, new head coach over at LSU, joined us to start the show. Matt Reiser just spoke with us about a Southeastern Lions. Coming up next segment, Mike Silva taking over the Colonels baseball program. We'll see what he has to say. Travis Jewett of the Tulane Green Wave. There's excitement in uptown New Orleans. He'll chat with us at 205. And there's excitement at the lakefront. Mr. Blake Dean, head coach of the UNO Privateers. Sir, you're up. You're on the on-deck circle. Now you're at the plate. How are you, bud?
6: I'm doing well. How you guys doing?
0: doing good. Seriously, though, no. there's excitement all over the state. You and I always talk about the level of baseball, whether it's Acadiana, a La latech you name it, man. Uh, why is there excitement, though, at the lakefront?
6: Well, I think, you know, we, we put a really good year together last year and got some, uh, you know, some preseason guys on the, on the charts this year. We got four guys. We got the perfect game named, uh, you know, Pierce Howard as preseason player of the year. We got the preseason freshman of the year. So, All great preseason accolades, but again, doesn't hold much water until the end of the year. If you're on that list, that means you did a pretty good job. So just got some older guys and then some excitement buzzing around here.
0: What did you learn last year about this team?
6: Oh, Lord. Well, they're resilient. They fight. Uh, You know, I had an older group, so I didn't have to do too much coaching last year. I just put them in the right spot and let them go out there and play. And this year, we got a whole bunch of new guys, you know two middle new infielders and you know just uh, a whole different regime we're gonna have to figure it out
0: mm-hmm. um is is that exciting at the same time a little anxiety in terms of kind of you really won't know huh coach in terms uh, until the game plays but what can you learn in fall ball what have you tried to do to try to get an idea of what some of these guys can do for you
6: well you know obviously when we scrimmage a lot and get out there and we got to go play all our shoots see what those guys had and see some outside competition and you know I had 60 guys this fall, so I had to wow. you know I had to get down to 40 you know and <laughs> I finally finalized the roster today you know right, about 30 minutes ago. So mm-hmm. uh, it's one of those things to where you know this year we're uh, light on position players. we only have about 15 position players and we've got about you know uh 25 26 pitchers so you know we're, we're pitcher heavy and uh, just trying to figure out the dynamic to move pieces around and fit them all together.
0: Coach, we talked a couple of weeks ago, a couple of months ago, you got an extension here. You've had some success. How has that sort of helped, though, that continuity, knowing that you're going to be there about it, and obviously the fact that you guys can win some games up there when it comes to recruiting? Are you seeing the difference?
6: Yeah, I think I think we're getting, you know, it took a couple of years, but we started getting better recruits. We started getting the guys we want. You know, uh, we just you know, redid our stadium from the wall pads, and everything looks good after the hurricane. that kind of tore that all up, so – making strides in the right direction you know and you know, with this we've had pretty much of me and uh brett stewart has been here the whole time with me and you know, i got a new pitching coach and a new volunteer so it's, it's good to bring in some new fresh coaches let those guys come in bring different recruits in and again when you win and you, your stadium looks nice and you know you, you combine all those things you're getting better players so it's, it's definitely moving in the right direction you still got to keep moving forward and get a little more consistent with it Can you
0: tell us about Dak morris and ryan Feynman.
6: Uh, so Dax, I uh, was I know Dax from when I actually played at LSU. Uh, Dax played at Alabama uh, under Jim Wells, and he went back and coached there. Was him and uh, you know uh, Andy Phillips, and then uh, he was there with uh, Mitch Gaspard when he was the head coach there left and uh, went down to FIU and I've always tried to get him I followed him well and <laughs> so uh, you know when I my pitching coach spot came open I said man I, I think I'm gonna try something different this time Than going to get a normal pitching coach Dax was a catcher mm-hmm. uh, so I said Let, let's let's get a little different dynamic a little, a little different mindset uh, and try and it's it's been great I think the players really like him and enjoy him and it's been a good fit, and uh, Ryan's a younger guy from California. Played at Indiana for Chris Lamontis, who, who was obviously Mississippi State, and then he was at Chipola uh, this past year with Jeff Johnson. And so, when my volunteer left, it, you know it's kind of hard to find a, a good guy to fill that role. To when, it, when you're not making any money, mm-hmm. uh, but you know we got a really good coach. I he works hard, good young coach, played at good programs under good coaches, and knows what it takes to win. It's interesting.
0: Jay Johnson said at the top of last hour that obviously one of the things when it comes to recruiting is to put players in position to, to go get drafted, play at the the major league level. You, you mentioned Dax, what six pitchers were drafted between 2017 and 19 with, with pitchers that he worked for. And as you mentioned, with Feynman, he with the Rays a little bit. I, I got to imagine that that's probably part of the reason that you like them, but also that helps not only recruiting, but brings that knowledge to those kids They the ears kind of perk up a bit, don't they?
6: Yeah, no doubt. You know, you it, it, you know, you want people around you and coaching you that that have done it, have been there and experienced it. You know, it's one thing to talk about it, but it's another thing to have done it and talk about it. Uh, so it just, it just brings a whole different perspective to the players. Uh, you know, like I said, in our, our coaching staff is—you know—it's all over the place. Ryan's about twenty-five, I'm thirty-three, Stu's thirty-eight, and Dax is forty-eight. So mm-hmm. we, we've we've kind of got all areas covered from different genres of music to <laughs> you name it. We've we've got it kind of got it covered. So it's a good dynamic for us so
1: far.
0: When I look at the, your returning hitters, it's interesting what Pierce Howard, he's kind of like your, your guy that swings the bat and gets you all kinds of uh, numbers as well. And then what, uh, Caston first, kind of your speedy guy. I mean, you kind of have a mixture coming back at the plate on your offense, huh?
6: Yeah, you know, we lost some big pieces. I mean, we lost, you know, four mature guys, our two middle guys, Luther Wooler, Gage Howard. I mean, we, you know, Bo Bratton, we lost some older guys, mature guys. Wait. Uh, so it's always nice to where you have Pierce. This I think it'd be Pierce's fifth year now, uh, with the COVID year and stuff getting that back. So he's been here for a while. You know, got a guy that understands the system, understands himself. Again, he's human. He'll have his ups and downs. He's been you know struggling a little bit here as of late. Uh, but it brings a little maturity to your lineup. And then Caston is just your steady eddy, everyday guy. Put him up there in the top of the order. He's not going to hit the ball over anyone's head, but uh, he somehow finds a way to get on base. Barrels it up more times than not. And it's just a good all-around college baseball player. All
0: right, Coach. So when you look at the rest of your team filling out here as well, obviously offensively you kind of touched on that. What about the defense as well? Because God's going to put the ball in play.
6: Yeah, so, you know, we got a new uh, junior college transfer, Anthony Heron, will more than likely play first. Uh, Juco transfer uh, will play second, Imani Larry. Uh, Our starting shortstop uh, just came down with an injury two days ago that's going to hold him out for a while. Um, so we're kind of hurting in that aspect, so I'll probably move Fur over to short uh, and start a new uh, junior college transfer, Jesse De La Cruz over third. Outfield-wise, I'll probably put Travis in left, run Isaac Williams. He's a returner. Both those guys are out center. Pierce will play right. And then catching-wise, we got a, a transfer named uh, Miggy Usetchi. We'll probably put him in there sometimes, and obviously George Tejeda is back for us. Um, and then uh, we have uh, Andrew Guidry, who had a really great fall as well, so... Some options there you know we don't we just don't have a lot of depth position player wise so injuries are going to be key if we can stay healthy i think we'll be fine when we start getting hurt a little bit it could it could pose some problems
0: speaking with blake dean head coach of the UNO privateers about two three more minutes all right the mound everybody worries about the mound uh have you set your friday saturday starters here as well but before that i asked this to pretty much all the coaches how important do you view sunday right now because i kind of feel like in college baseball man that's kind of a big day huh
6: Sure it is. I mean, you know, obviously when you go out on a Friday night, it's typically two of the better arms on the team, if not the right. best, and, you know, it's, it's typically close ball games, and then Saturday, if you, if you didn't win Friday, then that's a, a big kind of split game, and then if, right. you know, if you do if you do win, then Sunday, an opportunity to sweep is hard to come by, and then if it's a, a chance to just salvage a game or to take a series, Sunday's always kind of that swinging door to really you know, at the end of the season you look up and it puts you up in the top of the conference or, you know, it kind of saves you and got you in the conference tournament or, you know, that, that Sunday game is, it's valuable. People are tired, there's been a long weekend uh, and at that point, typically the toughest team usually goes out there and wins the one that makes the last mistakes, you know, least amount of mistakes typically pulls it out on a Sunday.
0: Yeah, that's kind of how I look at it like that. So when you look at the guys that you're going to be sending out there this weekend in the Andre Dawson Classic, what you got going Friday and Saturday?
6: So where we've, I mean, this is this has been, like I said, it's been crazy. I got 25 <laughs> arms, and, and I I don't have like the the dominant, you know, Brian Morzak, Sean Simple, Chris Turpin right. that I've had the past couple of years. That I knew I could put out there and throw six innings. So what we're going, probably going to do is we're just going to piggyback starters. Uh, we'll probably start Brandon Mitchell Friday night, and then run Tyler LeBlanc out behind him. I'm not exactly sure on Saturday yet. We may start a kid named Dylan Porter, uh, and then bounce another starter out. And that's just kind of what we're going to do. We're going to bounce starters, three to four inning guys out there and kind of platoon them, hopefully they can get us to the 7th, the 8th, and then we'll run into that bullpen and see what we can do with it.
0: Got the Jayhawks next weekend, March 2nd. It'll be over at LSU this weekend, though you will start out tomorrow night, 7 o'clock, Arkansas, Pine Bluff, Saturday, 4 p.m. against Grambling. Then on Sunday, 2 p.m. against Alabama State. Go out and support the guys out there on the lakefront. Coach, I always enjoy the time. We'll be touching base throughout the season and kind of get little updates on your squad. Good luck this year.
6: Sounds good, guys. I appreciate it, buddy.
0: Yep, for sure. Go follow the Privateers over on Twitter at PrivateersBSB. I'm telling you, following these teams on Twitter is the best way. They're updating it with their social media staff. You get inning updates. You get recaps, all that stuff. So go do that. Head coach Blake Dean of UNO Privateers. Quick break. where we come back, we will talk with Mike Silva. He is the head baseball coach over at the Colonels. Travis Jewett, 205. In between then, we'll touch on Pete Carmichael being the offensive coordinator for the New Orleans Saints. her thoughts on that? I will play what Brian Windhorst had to say about Zion Williamson and also Anthony Davis. Everybody wants to trade him. Poor A.D. He hurt his uh, ankle yesterday, expected out to be out for two weeks. And Wendy also said the Lakers should start thinking about how long and how much they should play LeBron. They're ninth right now. We'll do all that and more. Coach Silva next on ESPN New Orleans.
2: The new year is here at Greg LeBlanc Toyota, and we're celebrating. Check out the fresh new inventory arriving daily, plus great deals now at Greg LeBlanc Toyota and Homa. Check out the all-new, redesigned 2022 Toyota Tundra. Greg LeBlanc Toyota has given top dollar for your trade. We want your trade in. Or check the inventory online online at GregLeBlancToyota.com. These super savings won't last long. Greg's got the deals. South Hollywood Road, Homa. Shop now.
3: State Farm offers surprisingly great rates on auto insurance. But what does that mean? Surprising. This often means something comes out of nowhere, like finding that $20 bill in your dryer. Great? Well, obviously, great means superior. Rates? Simply what one pays in exchange for something. And in this case, that something is State Farm being there when you need them most. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Individual premiums will vary by customer. All applicants subject to State Farm underwriting requirements.
4: When you want the real deal, call State Farm
2: agent Ashley Barrios in Cutoff.
6: Good afternoon. Good afternoon. Only
2: one performance a day. So let's get this show on the road, eh? Now back to the sports hangover with Gus Katengal.
0: Welcome back. Our college baseball preview day continues. Our thanks to Blake Dean of UNO, Matt Reiser of the Southeastern Lions, Jay Johnson of the LSU Fighting Tigers. Now we bring in Mr. Mike Silva, a brand new head coach of the Nickel Colonels. Coach, how are you this afternoon? Thank you for your time.
5: I'm doing great. Appreciate you guys having me. I'm
0: gonna try to do this professionally, sir. I'm a Southern Miss Golden Eagle. You came from LaTeX. Tech. <laughs> well,
5: that's okay. We, uh, <laughs> we had some good battles with them the last yes. couple of years up there in Ruston.
0: That's where I'm going, man. Uh, my goodness, that like those two teams obviously were going about it, but obviously that's one of the reasons the Colonels really are excited about bringing it over there—the pitching staff. I just I remember those battles, the tournament, and and just the just how long those games were too and the excitement level lottech La- La this state man has incredible baseball doesn't it?
5: oh it's unbelievable I mean just look at the number of division one baseball programs in the state and <laughs> you look at it you know per capita as far as the population goes it's astounding I think it starts though with the, the high school coaches and mm-hmm. the summer coaches I mean there's a lot of great baseball people in the state you're really fortunate uh, to be a part of it that's for sure.
0: How do you view pitching in, in in the terms that you've had, this kind of success that you had?
5: I mean, I think if you view it like everything else, all, everything starts and ends in this game on the mound. I think that, mm-hmm. that's the most powerful position in sports, even more than a quarterback is in football. And so I think you just look at it with extreme value. I think you preach that to your team. And I think your team, the way you build it, it starts and ends up there on that bump uh, in the middle of the field.
0: Follow Nichols Baseball all season long on Twitter at Nichols underscore BSB. Speaking with head coach Mike Silva. When, when you looked at taking this job and interviewing Ford, what was it that excited you about being the coach of the Colonels?
5: Well, I mean, look, there's 299 of these opportunities mm-hmm. really in the world. I mean, there's 299 Division One baseball programs in our country, and I think we're the only you know country that plays collegiate athletics the way that we do with the type of passion and fan bases that we're fortunate to have. So... I think it starts with the university and the leadership. I think I sat down with uh you know, J T, our athletic director and, and had an opportunity to spend the day with him. I spent some time with Coach Rebo and saw what he built here and his vision and how he went about it and then you know, ultimately at the very top with Dr. Kloon. I think that uh, he really embraces and and he wants to have really, really good athletic programs. I don't think he I don't, I don't think it's just boring president talk as far as I think he really believes we're the front door to the institution and mm-hmm. you know probably the most visible people that are out there and uh, it's a privilege and then you know to piggyback off of that th- th- this community in Thibodeau this this region this part of the state is unbelievable they've embraced my family uh, and my coaching staff and you know honestly coming down here I didn't know a ton I'd been down here one time before recruiting and
1: mm-hmm.
5: you know when my wife and I had an opportunity to get down here and spend some time and these people are unbelievable. And I think it starts and ends with, with your community and the amount of support that we've had. And, and there was history here. There was a time where Nichols baseball was really good. And, you know, everybody told me about all the challenges. And uh, and there's and there's many, and there's plentyful. And I could talk all day about the challenges. But I'm choosing to focus on the opportunity. Uh, I think this community is going to embrace a winner. And I think it's going to take a lot of time and a lot of hard work from a lot more people than just me. But, you know, so far for the past eight months, it's been incredible. So I'm, I'm pumped that I took the job. I feel very fortunate and blessed to have this opportunity, and and I don't take it lightly.
0: Coach, you mentioned the word recruiting. It's very similar to scouting, isn't it, huh? In 2016, you were with the Padres scouting uh, an area as well. And I, I found it interesting so far, and all the coaches we've spoken to today, they, they bring that element of it there as well. Let's be honest, right? Kids want to be able to at least be drafted, see if they can play at the next level. Coach Dean's bringing in some guys that have gotten guys at the pitching level Drafted a player that played with the Rays. How important do you think that is in recruiting, but also development to have people that have been in the recruiting or scouting or playing part of Major League Baseball?
5: I think it's important. I think you have instant credibility. Look, I learned a lot with my time with San Diego Padres. I was fortunate enough to, uh, you know, we had a great scouting director, Mark Connor, at the time. My immediate boss was Yancy Ayers. There's so many other people, and we just have the opportunity at that level. Uh, just evaluating talent and then you get to pass that information that knowledge around to your kids and then ultimately to recruits. so i think we all know it's everybody wants to break down the x's and o's especially mm-hmm. getting into the season it's about the Jimmys and joes it's about those yeah. kids in that locker room and, and making sure they have that ability and then you have to develop it and you have to know what tools they're looking for all these kids have that dream and i think that's what makes it so powerful and special to, to be a baseball coach on a college campus in a community like this i want all our kids to get that opportunity, I want when a kid sits in my office, I want him realistically to understand that we can help develop him and we can help him get to that next level.
0: Well, Coach, uh, obviously you're, you're well aware the how the Padres have just grown up before our very eyes have been one of the most entertaining teams out there in the West. Good buddy of mine, Ty Graffinini, doesn't like that. He's a Dodger fan, but obviously being able to see what is is sort of growing. Look, uh, I had a coach earlier today say, man, bigger, better, faster. What have you seen in – College players and really the game sort of changing. Is it changing? Because adapting to that is going to be able to determine if you can coach or not, right?
5: Yeah, for sure. Just dynamic athletes. You know, I think just pure athleticism. I think when you look at a team like the Padres, you know, they probably take a little a few more chances on, on maybe a raw player or two. I think that's the term everybody likes to use. But if the upside's there and the makeup's there, you know, if the kid has upside and his drive and and you develop that relationship, and you, you know, and you, and you feel like he's going to he's going to do what it takes to, to basically maximize his ability. And those are the guys you want. We want dynamic athletes down here too. He you yeah. talked about the draft. Look, I I want all of our guys to have that opportunity. I want I want this to be a place where major league scouts are coming to look at players. I think if you look down in our region here, the amount of athletes that we pop out, the amount of NFL players that we have from this part of the country, I don't see any reason why we can't do the same thing in baseball.
0: All right, Coach, let's kind of get to your squad here as well and then go around the horn and kind of get people familiar with it as we do start here this weekend. What kind of baseball team do you want to have? Like when folks come out and watch you, what kind of team can they expect or what you would like to eventually be?
5: I mean, competitive. I think that's kind of a coaching term, right? But I want tough, competitive um kids that that, that are never going to quit. Yeah, we want dynamic athletes and – I want, we're in the entertainment business, you know. I think that a lot of times, you know, I, I try to express that to the kids in the first meeting when I met with them. We're in the entertainment business. We want people to come and watch us play, and we need to put on—it's show business. We we need to put on a good show, and we need to be a representation of basically where we are and, and the people down here. If you have the opportunity to be around them, I want our baseball program mm-hmm. to reflect them and their values. That's really important to me. I think it's important to my coaching staff. We preach it to our kids every day. Just tough, hard-nosed kids that are super competitive, that, that are never going to quit. And I think if you look at, I mean, my guy, we had a hurricane not so many months ago, and it was brutal. And I think a lot of places in the country, maybe they sit around and they wait for help. Folks here, uh-uh. They pull their boots up one at a time, neighbor neighbor and neighbor, arm in arm, and they build it up themselves. And uh, I want our program to be the same way. Do
0: you think something like that can sort of, spark some emotion and kind of know that you I mean obviously that that relationship with the community is always so important right to to get those guys to come out on a Friday Saturday and Sunday and support your team in midweek games as well but when you have something like that I kind of felt coach Rebo mentioned that during the football season that folks just couldn't wait to finally have football again a sense of normalcy now I know a few months have passed from that do you think your, your team can sort of embody that this year
5: yeah I think we better you know, I think that's just the debt of gratitude. The fact that we're able, our administration and our community got us back on campus a lot faster than I thought would be possible. And they give our kids the opportunity and our coaching staff the opportunity to do what we love to do. And there's a lot of people behind the scenes that don't get the credit they deserve. Mm-hmm. And we express that to our players. You know, there, it would have been a lot easier probably to shut the doors for a year. And, and, and you could have put athletics in the back seat. And just there's so many people here that have made this happen. We have a responsibility to them. And I, yeah, I do think that's going to ignite our team. I think it's going to embody them. And I think that hopefully we're going to play and, and exceed our ability level a little bit this year. Hopefully it's no secret where we're picked in our league. You know, And I, I don't think our kids are, are, are happy with that. I don't think they're going to settle for that. It's probably fair based on the history. Uh, but we're writing a new chapter right now. So yeah, I think we'll embrace
0: that. Speak with Mike Silva. He's the head coach of the Colonel baseball program. Austin Kane landing on the second team preseason honors for the Southland conference as well. Uh, how about your hitting? What kind of offense do you think uh, the Colonels are going to be this year?
5: I think dynamic. I really do. We can run. Uh, it was a big question mark when we got here. Look, I think a lot of these kids have ability. I, I think they do. I think they I think they have a chip on their shoulder. I think we have some kids that can really run. I think we'll run some balls out of the yard. Um, early on, you know, it's going to be extremely challenging with the schedule we're playing. We're trying to get ready for conference play. And, look, we have an SEC team coming in to the of Louisiana for four games to start the season. So we're going to be challenged early. We're going to find out a lot about ourselves, and it's going to give us a lot of things to build on and build from. I think we'll see a lot of positive things starting tomorrow night. Um, but we have some physical kids, and he talked about Kane. You know, he, yeah, he's all conference play. He's a big fundamental player. I mean, he's that kid that he doesn't really have a tool that stands out. He says everything at a really high level, and I think that a lot of our kids have really bought into you know really going back to basic fundamentals, and really understanding. You know, how to win games and what we have to do and what run mm-hmm. production looks like. And so there's gonna be growth, but you know, I think that's what you can expect from our guys.
0: About defensively, as guys put the ball in play, how do you feel there?
5: Yeah, I think we're gonna I think we're gonna make the routine plays and I think in college baseball, you know, more so than any other level, the games are lost at this level. They're not won. I mean, realistically if you go back and look at the box score, it's about throwing strikes and making the routine play and then executing when they give you opportunities on defense and so we talk about that a lot: handling the ball, mm-hmm. um, getting off the field with two outs, limiting the big innings. You know, all the things that are super important. Our kids have really bought into it, and you know this. Like, you don't know until you know we start throwing live bullets tomorrow night at six o'clock, and the other team shows up. But and I believe in these kids. I, I do. I, they they bought in. When you take over a program, it, there's usually some holdovers, and and there, there's some kids that fight it a little bit. These kids have embraced, and and our coaching staffs embraced them back, and. I think you're going to see a fundamentally sound, hard-nosed baseball team on both sides of the ball.
0: Interesting. Um How about the mound? Obviously, guys uh, that go out there on a Friday, Saturday, Sunday, midweek games, obviously you're going to see La Tech coming up here soon, Tulane next week, during the week. Th- those are just as important. And obviously, you coming in with that background in pitching, how do you plan on having the Colonels on the mound this year?
5: Well, Nico from Maggio. Destrahan, Holy Cross High School. He's going to start on Friday night for us. Um, we have a handful of kids that are young with experience, and some older guys that are pitching my high leverage moments. And it's going to be about utilizing them the right way. I'm not one. I'm not one to sit there and hey, well, this guy's pitching on Saturday, and our Friday night guy's out there. I mean, even starting this weekend, if uh, if we're winning on Friday night late, I'm not saving our Saturday guy for Saturday. We're going to go try to get the win. And you don't know what baseball is going to do. It might be a 20 to 19 game the next day. You never know. So. I think at this level, especially like you said, those games are really important. We do play Tulane, phenomenal mm-hmm. baseball team. We play Mizzou, opening up, phenomenal baseball team. Obviously, you know Louisiana Tech and what they did last year and what they have come back. They're, they're tremendous, and so I know we're up against. It's going to be really important for me to do a good job, my coaching staff to do a good job managing the game and putting these guys in in, in, in really good positions. We've had some kids make velocity jumps. We've had some kids. You know, I think their stuff's playing up right now, and ultimately we have to go out and, and have them have some success because you know it's been a while since we've won around here, and it's important for those kids to get confidence. So we need to protect them early because we need them for conference. But you know, I, I think that we're going to manage the staff probably a little bit more like professional baseball. We'll use some openers, um, we'll use a little bit more matchup type stuff early, mm-hmm. and then hopefully our best arms will be late in the game. And we have an opportunity to win.
0: Interesting. Four games against Missouri, starting tomorrow night, six o'clock Saturday. Six o'clock Sunday is a one p.m. start. Then on Monday, four game stretch with them will conclude at one p.m. Final question for you, Coach what what are you what are you hoping to gather here in the early part of the season?
5: Just I just want to see how we respond, and and not just through adversity. Everybody talks about how you respond from adversity, and there's so much emotion going into tomorrow night for myself too. I think the kids will be a little bit jacked up. Uh, Look, I'll be jacked up. I've been waiting 18 years for this opportunity. So uh, hopefully about the third or fourth inning, everybody kind of settles in, including myself. And uh, just information on how we respond and how we grow. You know, what I told our kids at the beginning of the fall is I wanted to be better at the end of the fall than we were. I wanted to be better by opening day than we were when we started the spring. And we want to build a team, hopefully, that in the last month of this season, I would like for our kids to be playing for something. I would like mm-hmm. for us to be mathematically in the hunt to win a conference championship. And so, just constantly figure out we're going to get exposed. We're not going to do everything well, and that's part of it. But I just want to see how our guys respond. And if we win on Friday night, how do we respond? And you know, do we come out and play consistent baseball? You know, day in and day out. And that's a challenge, especially with all the emotion. And you know, professional baseball is a marathon. College baseball, it's fifty some games. It's a sprint, and it's extremely emotional. So how our guys handle that and just see some consistency.
0: All right, let's see how the start goes. Missouri, four games again tomorrow night, Friday, 6 o'clock, to start the new season. Coach, a pleasure. Thank you for your time. We'll be touching base with you throughout the season to see how the team is going. And we can follow you over on Twitter at Nichols underscore BSB and com slash baseball, of course, the athletic website. Thank you, sir, and good luck.
5: Thank you very much. Appreciate you having me.
0: Yep, for sure. Quick break. We come back. We'll open up the phone lines to you. St. fans, I want to hear from you. Jay Fowl on Twitter just posted a gif of a, I guess, one of those EKG machines, and it's just a flat line. To the to be PKR Michael one, two, as OC. S.O.C. it to me, Saints fans. Oh, Sports fun. Hangover in ESPN New Orleans. It's
3: going to be. I'm a left-fall in love. It's easy. Like
6: taking...
5: home health services in South LaFouche are vital right now, look no further than Lady of the Sea Home Health. For the sick, the elderly, and the homebound, our caring staff makes each day a little brighter, a little better. With quality health care and warm, genuine support, you and your loved ones are most comfortable, content, and independent in your own home. Speak to your physician today about home health services from Lady of the Sea. Call 632-6900 for more information.
2: Prescription products require an online physician consultation and are only available if the physician determines a prescription is appropriate. Subscription required. See website for full details and important safety information. Dealing with ED is difficult enough, but the pressure of not satisfying your partner makes it even worse. ED can be tough on a relationship, but at Hims, you can contact a medical provider online and, if appropriate, get the prescription medication that treats ED at affordable prices. Hims ED medication has the same active ingredients as Viagra, but because it's generic you pay 90% less that's right 90% less a whole month's supply is just $30 and it's sent right to your home for free in discreet packaging hims offers the same medication you'd get from your doctor but without the copay expensive appointments or awkward face-to-face conversations and with hims every online visit is free and your relationship right back on track for a free online consultation go to slash joy that's 4 slash joy for your free visit. F-O-R-H-I-M-S dot com slash J-O-Y Sponsored by the Louisiana Army National Guard. Aired by the Louisiana Association of Broadcasters and this station. Come on,
8: citizen! What are you waiting for? Pick up the phone. We want you might need to be on the show.
2: Now back to the sports hangover with Gus Katengap.
0: Uh, welcome back to the sports hangover. Nick Underhill, forty-nine minutes ago, New Orleans. That football. Replying to. Somebody from back uh, on February 3rd when Bleacher Report reported the Saints will be playing a home game in London against an NFC South rival. Remember when that came out, the, that news? And everybody kind of thought it'd be an NFC South team. First off, Saints fans are like, don't take one of our home games. That stinks. I'm like, well, if it's a vision opponent, that's fine. Nick says, I don't think it will be NFC South. My guess is Bengals. Really? I'd like to see Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase back in the Dome against the Saints. I mean, come on. The storyline's there, right? Last time they were in the Dome playing a game, they won the national championship. I think as a Saints fan, I'd like to see that matchup here. Looking at the rest of the home teams in 2022, the home games. Obviously, Atlanta, Carolina, Tampa. Baltimore, Cincinnati, Vegas, Rams, Vikings, Seattle. Literally anybody but Cincinnati. <laughs> Vegas, Ship them to London with the Saints. Rams. I could care less if I ever see the Rams in this stadium again. How about them? Actually, I'd like that. Make them fly all the way from L.A. to London. That's the least you can do, Comrade Goodell. The Vikings. I literally feel like every year the Vikings are in town. Send them to London. Seattle. Well, it depends if they trade us Russell Wilson or not. But I, I kind of want to see Cincinnati here. Don't put Cincinnati over there. Like that, if I'm a Saints fan, season ticket holder. That would bother me. That would bother me. Team that went to the Super Bowl in the AFC. I mean, again, send the Rams. Sorry, quick rant. Let it go. Eight hundred nine nine eight one double zero three. If you'd like to chime into the conversation, um. So we've been talking about today, obviously, all the different reports out there. Jeff Duncan saying, hey, you could see Zion play. Christian Clark saying, more likely, it's a second surgery that eventually might come of it or not. Either way, Brian Windhorst was talking about Zion Williamson earlier today on
7: GetUp. And this is what he had to say. You got NOLA.com reporting Zion Williamson may need a second surgery on his right foot. Zion hasn't played a single game this season. He's only suited up 85 times since being drafted in 2019. So troubles there for the Pelicans. Brian, what do we know about the situation in New Orleans right now with Zion?
4: We know that people aren't on the same page. Uh, We know Zion spent... Last year, last summer, away from the team. After he had this injury, he was away from the team. When his, uh, you know, rehab this year had a setback, he went away from the team. He hasn't been around the team in six weeks. Um, you know, his family and his uh, his agent have wanted to take control of this process, and I, I mean. The details of exactly what's going on have been kept confidential. I don't want to speculate, but we can say that it's not gone well because he was supposed to be back in October or November. We are in mid-February. We haven't heard an update in six weeks, and it's obviously extremely concerning. He has missed 117 games. He has played 85. That is a nightmare situation for any top player, and I don't know what the next steps are, but he is not close to playing at all.
7: Yeah, it's amazing, and you don't want to have these kinds of questions surrounding what's supposed to be your transcendent superstar on your team. So, what is there to say about where Zion some finds himself right now?
3: It feels like, for me, Ryan, that Zion doesn't really want to be there. Really? I mean, did you just listen to what? Yeah, but, but still, it? it's about it's the, just... dis- the disconnect between reckon- not being around the franchise. Not doing physical therapy around the franchise to a degree? I mean, th- those are big questions. And it does bring back into this notion. It's like buying a house during the pandemic, right? I had a chance to look at two homes. And you look at one that seems strong foundationally. And you're like, all right, but doesn't have as many bells and whistles as the other home has. You know, what? I'm going to take the other home. And all of a sudden, all those bells and whistles—there's stuff starts to go wrong with it. You're like, I gotta pour more money out. I gotta fix that. I gotta fix that. I gotta fix it. And all of a sudden, somebody's telling you, "Well, look, you just lost value in your home, but you're looking at the home right across the street—the one that you could have bought, that you could have bought for less—but that's going up two and a half X. That other home is John Moran." And mm-hmm. you're sitting looking at John Morant saying he's durable, he's playing, he's in the MVP conversation, and yet we're looking at Zion saying he's barely been on
7: the court. Oh, yeah, but in fairness, nobody was picking Ja over Zion back then. I mean, yeah, no one but, was. But,
3: but people were talking about the weight that Zion had and the reckless abandon in which he attacked the rim and the injury-prone issues that he did have coming out of college. Yeah. That was a very much talked about thing.
7: All right, Wendy, I'll give you the last word on this because this is a tough – I think it's a tough scenario for New Orleans because I don't know if they would have picked Ja over Zion at this point, but right now it's not looking like a good move to have him on your squad.
4: Well, look, I'm a huge believer in Ja Morant and his future, but nobody would have taken – um, jaw first. Zion, go back and look on YouTube at Zion's, uh, you know, highlights from his one year at Duke. Not mm-hmm. only was he a devastating offensive player, there is a package of defensive highlights out there that will make your jaw drop. He is a once in a generation type of athletic talent. And that is why the Pelicans will bend over backwards to try to make sure that he's comfortable. But the reality is, what he has been doing, which has largely been, you know, keeping to himself and his family, letting them do, handle the training, it has not been working. And so, the, the concept that continuing to do what he's been doing, um, and hoping that it works out, that's a tough sell, but he has consistently wanted to maintain his own process and his own programs. The team mm-hmm. has been aware, but the team has been, has been running side saddle, and look, He is now in a situation where his career is 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 in in jeopardy of being derailed. Changes Mm. have got to be made, and everyone everyone is saying that uh, around him, but you know it is not happening so far.
3: I know he's really a transcendent talent, but if you go back to three years ago on, on this show, uh-huh. I said there, there were issues or questions you had around him because of his lack of shooting in his mid-range game. Mm-hmm. He attacks the rim at such a high probability that only increases his opportunity to get hurt because of how he lands. Yeah. I mean, that frame is ridiculous that he's
7: carrying. And just a real quick correction here: It's not that nobody would want him on his team, but this situation is dire right now yes. for New Orleans. We will see how this all plays out. So that's Jay, Will,
0: and obviously Brian Windhorst going back and forth. Windhorst also said earlier in the broadcast about the extension, the contract extension, and that it could be one of those contracts that is incentive laden, sort of like it was with, um. Joel Embiid with the Sixers. He was injury riddled at the very beginning. They did offer the contract extension that they can, the Pels can this summer, but it had, uh, stipulations in it and markers rather. So, you know, you play 20 games, another chunk of money gets, you know, thrown in. You hit another 20 games, make it 40, chunk of money of that nature. Look, I don't know if you heard me in the beginning of the show. We were talking about it with Jordan around 1230 about this. But again, you hear what Brian was saying, and it's why I said what I said even before I heard what Brian was saying. You have to offer the extension. Because then you know where we're going. Right? Then you know where we're going. If I'm Zion, with the injuries I've had, I'd be foolish to not take something that's guaranteed to $187 million. I can worry about moving, leaving, and all that in two, three years. I'm signing that dotted line. If I'm the team, I need to know where you're at. So then I can move on. But with that contract, I think comes a recommitment. Right? Look, sometimes in relationships, you know, personal, business, sometimes things look great at the beginning and, Maybe it doesn't go off the way you want. You you want to start a new restaurant, a new bar, sports bar, whatever. And, you know, there's growing pains. But you still believe in the concept. You still believe in the show. You you have to make it work because you've invested in it. And you do believe in that concept. And you think that if it does work, you will be successful. You did see when healthy some of the things Zion can do. There are deficiencies. I said that last year. I wasn't being ugly, but I called him the layup king. The guy led the NBA in shots being blocked. And that you need to play above the rim. The defense was lacking. The rest of the game needed to improve that you would gradually see normally, right? I mean, AD today. I'm not talking about him spraining an ankle. He sprained an ankle here. But what I'm saying is, the, the AD game now is different than when it was he got here. The problem is, when you're injured that way, you can't work on the game. How can I get better in my game if I literally can't do basketball moves? So, again, I don't know. I'm not privy. When Horst is locked in everywhere, local guys, Andrew and other guys, they locked in. They can get hints and things of nature, but... We we honestly don't. David Griffin used the word anecdotal. So that's why I said this is just me. Again, Pelicans, I, I am offering my services, crisis management. I am. Just give me gear, maybe some floor seats every now and then so I could take the wife on a date night. But you come out and you say this is a recommitment. Whatever's happened in the past has happened in the past. Here Here's what I do know. In covering sports since 1999 when I got into this field, players that run their own thing or have other people running their thing or franchises that cater, cower, as Windhorse says, side saddle to their superstars, it never ends well. I saw the difference in Chris Paul to become the CP me to the team back then. And again, there are different people running the organization now and Different, you know, sports information directors or media relations people. But I saw it. I saw it. First got here, excitement. When he went to the Olympics, they literally had a media session for us to go and see the gold medal and talk to him about it. And as the years progressed, guess what happened? Couldn't talk to him. After practice. Got no time. Even though we saw him doing shots and. Betting fifty dollars, or if they can do half court shots, or oh, but if Jim Rome or national shows wanted them, he'd be shooting with the phone on his face. We couldn't get him, and you saw the start in the process, which never—I never understood. I, I understand you want national attention and exposure. Jim Rome ain't buying your tickets. The people listening to those shows aren't buying your tickets. That's why you heard me say repeatedly in this situation. There can be disconnect behind the doors, in front of the doors, and in front of your fans' eyes. Get ahead of it. Whether it's social media or whatever it is, Zoom. like I've said it. That guy should be with AD and Joe Myers once every other week, calling a quarter. Put him up with the graph and JD, calling a quarter. So you can't hoop, you can't run. Go to some schools, call Team Jordan, have them ship you stuff, you know, boxes of headbands, t shirts, whatever. Hit a school a week, man. And guess what this entire community is going to do? RIP anybody that rips you for being fat, for not playing basketball, for not whatever. They will support you. But when you literally disappear and go MIA, and the team that used to be playing for is hustling, working hard, trying. Man, it 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 separates it. So that's why I say recommitment, man. Here's the sheet of paper says one eighty seven, but when you sign it, you're doing things our way. Your rehab here, we'll hire whoever it is that you need to hire, the best in everything: dietitian, rehabber. Strength and conditioning guy. I said it earlier. The dude that works with athletes or movie stars in Hollywood that shapes them and makes them look like mountains of muscle. Do it all right here, though. That's what I would do. Sports Hangover continues next on ESPN New Orleans.
2: But be
8: happy. Today's
2: medical minute is provided to you by Thibodeau Regional Medical Center.
8: Hello, I'm Billy Nakian, the director of the Spine Center of Excellence at Thibodeau Regional. Have you had a recent neck or back injury? Or have you been suffering with recurrent neck and back pain? Have you been searching for relief? Thibodeau Regional has developed a unique approach. For treating neck and back disorders. The Spine Center of Excellence provides a comprehensive, patient-centered approach to ensure that you receive the right care at the right time from the right provider. The Spine Center is different because it offers centralized access to multiple specialties and services. Patients and their referring physicians are led by a nurse navigator through a process of assessment and treatment individually tailored to the patient's unique condition. In addition to total care coordination, the Spine Center's comprehensive services include everything from high-tech diagnostic imaging to physical therapy, surgery, alternative medicines, and chronic pain services. If you're experiencing back or neck pain, call today, 985-493-4501. The Spine Center of Excellence of Thibodeau Regional will put you on the path back to your normal routine.
2: This Medical Minute was sponsored by Thibodeau Regional Medical Center, nationally recognized for providing the highest level of quality care and patient satisfaction. Not all kids with crooked teeth can afford braces. Luckily, there's donated orthodontic services from the American Association of Orthodontists. Kids who qualify can be matched with a volunteer orthodontist. Visit aaoinfo.org. They say that once you give him control, he'll own your brain forever. Now back to The Sports Hangover with Gus Kattengau.
0: Pelicans Weekly tonight at 6 o'clock. You want to tune in. Trajan Langdon will be the guest. And he talks about and he goes into the details of trades. How they happen and things of that nature. So it seems pretty exciting from that standpoint there as well. Then 6.30, Daniel Salison will have uh, the Pelicans pregame show. We'll get going there. And then 7 o'clock, it is tip time against the Mavericks. 2-3 and three on the six-game homestand. The Pels like to at least finish 3-3 three and three if you absolutely could. So let's see what happens later on tonight. And then, of course, it's the All-Star break this weekend. The next time they will play after tonight will be next Friday. Now, Chris Pohl hurt his hand. He likely won't be available when the Pels take on the Sun. So that's something to keep an eye on. Also, Anthony Davis last night went down. Hurt his ankle. I'll play you some of that sound here in a bit. He's expected to miss two weeks. So when the Pels open up the second half here, or post-All-Star break, it's the Lakers and Suns. They won't have Chris Paul. They won't have Anthony Davis. Ken, what you got for us here in the Sports Hangover, sir?
1: Hey, man. How you doing today? Doing well. Yeah. uh Of course, Portland won again last night. Portland went for 20-something uh since the trade. Uh, McCullum is averaging 26 a game. Hart is averaging 24 a game. Uh, Graham is averaging 5 a game. They have moved from the 11th spot into the 10th spot. Moving forward, looks like they're moving forward. They're going to have a, uh, this is a must win for the Pelicans tonight. We shall see how that works out.
0: It'd be nice, man. Uh The Mavs just beat the Heat this week here as well. They're kind of playing good basketball. But, look, I mean, you, if if you want to be a playoff team in the West, you're going to have to play good teams. And this team has played well against really good teams. It's come up short sometimes. So we will see what happens here. But I'm with you, Ken. I, I, I kind of feel like, man, going 3-3 three and three into the All-Star break, especially with the win, have some sort of momentum, what would be a big thing, I think, for the Pelicans. Don't you think?
1: Yeah, but I'm trying to figure out uh other than McCullum, uh, who we got at guard that's gonna score for us on a consistent basis. Man. I don't see anybody since Graham went into the tank. Uh we don't have a backup guard behind him. Uh we don't have a third guard. Matter of fact, at this point we got one guard. Uh and Graham's struggling and nobody else. Uh which makes matters worse. Uh not only are there not only do we give up Two second round draft choices, but so we gave up our lottery pick, no doubt. And they in turn took Nikhil, turned him around, sent him to Utah, Utah and got the second round pick. So they got three seconds in the first out of our situation. Here we go, fading into the sunset. We didn't pick up anything. Well, well you know, we he- got, what's his name? We got yeah. Nance, but Nance is out hurt. yeah Nell need to get all the dang on minutes uh coming off the bench. We need to see if he legit or not. You know, he hasn't been proven he hasn't proven to be legit throughout his career, but who knows? We gotta see. It's
0: not ideal when the team that you make the trade has it lost at the same time. Um I, I, oh, yeah, I think it undefeated. Is a... <laughs> I know. I know.
1: Yeah, they undefeated.
0: I know, I, I mean, know, uh,
1: I know. Look, um, all, all like he could be a, a all star <laughs> since he got to Portland. I mean, he's shooting a high percentage from the three. He's averaging, other than the first game, he's averaging seven rebounds a game. You know, I, I can guarantee you, you know he's what. Not he,
0: getting he, that from- here, here's the thing, too, Ken. It, it's like that phrase: "Why can't we just have nice things?" I just I just want the trade to go well. I mean, Schmidt Dua tweeting earlier today that in a podcast. CJ McCollum points out the fact that the plane sent to go pick him up left him behind. They had to turn around and go get him. I don't even know how that happens. I I, just,
1: I mean, Say that again? What
0: happened? Yeah. yeah the, remember the plane? You know why he got in at 1230 a.m.? They had to go back. They forgot him.
1: They forgot him? Forgot him. They yeah. forgot.
0: Tony Snell got on. They took <laughs> off. They left CJ McCollum. I had uh, to go back and get it. I don't. E- I, again, I uh, I heard that. I was like, no way, that's true. CJ McCollum himself actually said.
1: it. Man, I'm telling you, this. Vincent got to do something. I mean, again, I, I am
0: mean, available. Be, I am available. Be I am available <laughs> as like an you know. Conciliatory, whatever it is, I, let me be the go-between between the organization and its players. <laughs> let me let me get to work, man. All I want is gear and front seats in the court. That's I, I got it. Yeah, I got yeah. it. I can promise you, I can go cross court, pick up a guy on the train, make sure he's on the plane. That's all I'm saying. I I can there do that. Go. I can do that from a very own jersey, G cat on the back. I want the red one with the little Jordan brand. One quick one. other thing.
1: One quick other thing. Trey Langdon supposed to be head of uh, evaluating mm-hmm. uh, foreign players. Did you see any players from Europe or any place uh, doing anything for the Pelicans? As a matter of fact, or even on a roster?
0: Well, the G League is going to be something over there at Birmingham, the squadron, that they kind of want to grow and build and things of that nature. So, look, I, I, I'm not ready, and I don't think you should be, Ken, to start saying, look, Portland won that, trade. some of that. You needed a guy like C.J. McCollum. And you've seen since he's been here, other than the game that he played where he got in over at 12.30 in the morning because they forgot him. Um, He's played yeah. well. So, look. You, no you, doubt about that. You, you got to have, and then you got to give them some time to kind of get everything together. But look, at the end of the day, it's this. It's, it's 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 the name we've been talking about all day. If he gets on the court and plays with those guys, Ken, the Pels would have won that trade. You know? I mean, look. Bless Josh Hart and all those different things. But the problem is the guys that New Orleans shipped over there. We're not doing the things that you just said. Consistent scoring, consistent things, things of that nature. And look, the team didn't want to get rid of Josh Hart. They love Josh Hart. They re-signed him in the offseason. But in order to trade for somebody, you have to give up something. And if I'm Portland, I'm giving you a starting shooting guard that can play in this league. So I need something in return. The young assets, that's fantastic. Josh Hart can come on this court right now and help me. I got a fan base. So I need to worry about showing up to the stadium as well. So, I mean, it is what it is. So, you know, it stinks. Yeah.
1: So why were we giving up draft choices along with what we did? Well, because you have an abundance why, of them. Because we you have draft picks. Draft charges, well, because,
0: again, a team, a team that's on the sale wants potential draft picks just like we did in our trades with Drew Holiday and Anthony Davis to do things like this. When you have draft picks, you can use them in trades, primarily, um, almost like bargaining chips. Not a lot of teams actually hold on to those draft picks because it takes years yeah. for these guys to sort of do it. So that's why, that's why they sent those picks over there. You have an overabundance of them. I joke all the time. Carver will be 15 by the time some of these draft picks will be made if the Pelicans keep them. So, and he's five, Ken. So I mean, yeah. so I mean
1: you know, well, it's, this, this, like I told you yesterday, if younger guys out of Saint fans, yeah. if they wonder why it took them 21 years to have a winning season, mm-hmm. this is the type of BS that we went through with the New Orleans Saints mm-hmm. back in the day. We just couldn't get it right. They kept hiring the wrong individuals to run the organization, the wrong individuals right. to evaluate talent. And it's oh. the same thing but in a different
0: sport. Look at it this way, sir. As we wrap up our number two, eventually they did hire Mickey Lewis. Eventually he then hired Sean Payton. And then he eventually you did find a quarterback.
1: Right. So it took 50 years. Hopefully the next, <laughs> right. the next guy coming in will be right. the right
0: guy. Hey, you know, I mean, there's always hope. Again, Ken, I'm a Cubs fan. You know, and in my lifetime I saw the Saints actually win a Super Bowl and the Cubs actually win one. Will they win one again? Probably not. But, you know, <laughs> I saw Probably one. Not. I saw one. Thank you, Ken. Appreciate the phone call, bud. Later. There he goes. 800-998-1003. Our final coach of the day to preview the college baseball season is Mr. Travis Jewett. Then we'll get into some uh phone calls and discussions here as well. It's the Sports Hangover on ESPN New Orleans. And I said, what about?